Welcome to Visionary Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionary Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, John Cena makes his big return to WWE. Jonah, a.k.a. Bronson Reed, makes his big return to WWE. But only one of those guys had a huge upset against Okada in the G1 this summer. We also have an unbelievable segment with Rick Ross, Keith Lee, and Swerve Strickland. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. I forget anything? No, I was just going to say, you said the uh, the Rick Ross part. That's That was something different. It's that 9 to 5, it's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark, the most of the man from Ringside Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Bates, a.k.a. UConn for Cornelius. Out there in South City, St. Louis, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? Hang on, hang on. What's what's this week's AKA? Because I was about to say I thought I heard it, but I want to make sure I heard it right for posterity's sake. Yukon Cornelius. Like Yukon Cornelius from the, from the Rudolph the Red Nose <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit, that's funny. Oh, okay, God, that's what I'm I thought. I'm kill Jason one of these days. Yeah, right. That's Out there in South City, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, Jason? Oh, you know, everything's everything. Just dealing with this uh, interesting little winter storm that we have here. I'm looking outside of my apartment into a little icy road. Nothing too bad, but enough to where I'm waiting for someone to slip slide and give me my entertainment for the evening outside of BFR, of course. So on that lovely note, I'll ask the congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band from Ringside podcast, volume 287, chapter 3, verse 14, and the good smart say, hashtag boo the heels, it's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the holy trinity of BFR. Two beers back, your boys are back, we're going to talk a little wrestling tonight. Let's do this shit. And out there in Portland, Oregon, we have Two Beers Act Paul. What's going on, Two Beer? Man, it is almost as cold as it is back home out here. And uh, shit sucks. But I've got uh, plans to make chicken and dumplings and mm. chocolate chip cookies mm. and watch like a bunch of wrestling over this weekend so like things are pretty good and uh, I'm a straight white male I can't complain <laughs> how cold is it out there colder cold than that it? last joke <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, fucked up so we are we are uh, doing our best to not pay zoom for this shit so we only have about 40 minutes at time Zach you just sent me an invitation for 9.30pm that's my time but that wouldn't be your time. That would be your time would be five thirty p.m. Oh fuck me! I don't know. Some somebody else do it. Oh Jesus Christ! Okay, all right. So we are. So I'm coming at you from very snowy, very cold St. Charles. I don't want to hear how cold it is out in Portland because it has a wind chill of negative ten degrees here in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, but, you know, people have it worse than us. I am warm in my basement. I'm going to go out and meet some high school friends that are in town for the week after this. So I'm feeling good. I have to work tomorrow, but I don't have to do very much. So I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, so we're going to rip through the week that was in wrestling. So without further ado, let's get to that three count. One, two, three. 
JCB, kick it off. Uh, wow. I'll create the. I'll create. I'll create the next Zoom. Oh, um, I got it right now. I'm good. Okay. All right. Let's talk a little uh, WWE for the moment. Uh, I guess the biggest story, at least for me as the New Japan fan, the biggest story was to see Bronson Reed, a.k.a. Jonah, show up on the scene to assist the Miz to help uh, Miz defeat Dexter Loomis in the ladder backs to so Miz can receive his money back from Dexter Loomis slash Johnny Gargano. Um, I wasn't sure where this was going, Dexter Loomis and Miz. I was at the point, though, that I was ready for it and them to move along. Jonah slash Bronson Reed was a surprise. I was actually uh, recording a podcast on Monday night, and I had Raw in the background, and I looked up. And I'm like, oh, shit, it's fucking Jonah. God damn it. Um, So for me, obviously, there was a smidge of disappointment. This was the Jonah was the guy that they had defeat Okada in a memorable G1 match coming off the top rope when the crowd still couldn't really cheer. All you heard was this audible gasp as this damn near 400 pound man is jumping off the top rope. Um I think that's one of the visuals of 2022. So I was kind of hoping that we would get the tiebreaker match. A part of me assumes that Okada is going to win the Wrestle Kingdom main event. So you would set up Okada versus Jonah for the tiebreaker. Obviously, Jonah's won one. Okada's won another. So the natural progression was that the tiebreaker. But unfortunately, that's just not going to happen. Um, ultimately, at the end of the day, as disappointed as I am as the New Japan fan, I think this is where Bronson Reed was ultimately going to end up if Vince didn't have a, I don't know, a hiccup, for lack of a better word, and released him. So, (laughs) well, I mean, it's the first word I can come up with. Um, So, ultimately, I think this is where he was supposed to be. It's just he took a a little detour off into Japan or whatever, and it's not the first time guys are going to go to Japan to – get their shit together or revive their career or whatever the case may be. And it won't be the last. So in this scenario, I have to say, thanks, Jonah. You know, you gave us a nice little G1 memory or two, but like I said, at the end of the day, not a huge surprise. I think he wanted to go to WWE. WWE obviously wanted him. And when Triple H takes power, weirder things start to happen. So for me, the, the biggest story for WWE is Bronson Reed comes back to the WWE to sell, help Miz get his money back. Biggest upset of the year, uh, Zach. Fuck you. What do you? What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on Bronson Reed coming back? Besides, <laughs> <laughs> biggest upset of the year. Okay, um, all right, man. <laughs> nah, just pouring salt in the wound. Yeah, right. Um, I saw a lot of backlash of this. I don't look at wrestling Twitter much anymore. Full disclosure, but uh, I heard there was some backlash that he was coming into a program with the Miz. Um. Dude, like, The Miz gets TV time. The Miz is high profile. The Miz seems to get all the in- entries, uh, the new arrivals, right? The Miz is the new Dolph Ziggler um, in a different way. Dolph Ziggler would make people look good in the ring. The Miz also makes people look good in the ring because he's bad in the ring, but he's also really good on the mic, so he has this, you know, ability to, you know, get extra TV time. So I think it's fine that he's in there. Um, you know, he's like the Wardlow to Mrs. MJF, right? 
uh, that's totally fine. Uh, I think that this does leave a big gaping hole for a monster gaijin in New Japan, though. And uh, those of you guys who are in Friends of BFR have seen my thoughts on this, uh, which I would love if uh, Miro, being you know a little disheartened with Tony Khan's booking ideas, decided to be uh, take advantage of that New Japan partnership and be the new Monster Gaijin over there, a la Scott Norton, a la Brock Lesnar, like the old school Monster Gaijin. I think that would be perfect, but uh, New Japan needs that. Uh, they obviously were high on Jonah. Like Jason said, he had already beaten Okada, which is huge. But, uh, you know, it was one and one. He did do the job on the way out. He did business. I don't fault him for going back to WWE, make that bag, take that bag. But, uh, but yeah, uh, it will be interesting to see what they do with him. I think we're back in the mode of stockpiling talent that we were in uh, kind of pre-COVID. So I think everybody's stockpiling talent. So we'll just see what they're able to do with that talent. There's so much, so much TV time and so much talent, and there's more talent than TV time. So we'll just see how it goes. Yeah, WWE seems to be stockpiling guys like Bronson Reed and AEW is bringing in uh, whoever the guy was with the tattooed face that came in with uh, Harlan, with the, came in with Parker Boudreau last night. And I mean, we'll get to that segment later. Uh, so I have two things to address to Jason and two things to address to Zach before I get to my point. Um, you guys are giving me a lot of ammo here as we start the podcast. First of all, Jason. You said you were recording another podcast Monday night. I was. Uh, what, what podcast was that? What podcast? Uh, I was on uh, Brain Buster Boys with myself, uh, Brett, obviously, his co-host, Bo, uh, Chad from View from the Top Rope, and my wrestling warden savior, High Five Tom. Uh, so we did like a kind of just a review of the year that was of wrestling in 2022 uh if you get a chance go to visionary global media brain buster boys in your space bar check it out it was a nice little two-hour ride of just shooting the shit about wrestling for the year 2022 see now see now that's what's up you know the people want to know people tune in because they want to hear jason bell they want to know where else to find jason bell now this wasn't about me and you're out there you're out there getting good no, it's about me, motherfucker. <laughs> you get more pub out there. That means more people are listening to us in here. <laughs> I do what I can, anyway, boss. That sounds like that. That sounds fun. I mean, I'll, that was I'll a good tune time. In. Second of all, you uh, always call yourself the NJPW fan. Like Zach and I, just don't even watch it or anything. Like you can say as a NJPW fan, but you always say as the New Japan fan. Like you're the only New Japan fan. I, we, we, we've had this discussion. We've fan. had this discussion. Okay. I for, drink. Okay. Um, for me, New Japan's number one. I can't say that for you guys. On to Zach. Can we please stop slandering Mrs. Workrate? No. Is 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 Miz out there being Brian Danielson? No. Is Miz out there being uh, Hiromu? No. But the Miz is a very serviceable hand. He's a good hand, though, most. He's been around a long time. I will not sit here Mm-mm. and listen to Ms. Slander anymore. 
That what being it, said, I haven't sat through an entire mismatch in probably the last. <laughs> uh, I'd say he's, he's worse than QT Marshall. Whoa! What the fuck, dude? Come on, QT is good, man. I mean, damn. I mean, I know. And I'm then, just saying he's worse than him. He's worse than John Spears. He's worse. Than, there's a lot of people that he's worse than. Wow. I'm just trying to think of flowing root for for people who might think otherwise of some others. Yeah, I mean, QT is an obvious one, but. Um, I'm just trying to think of some other people. He's worse than Elias. <laughs> oh, come on. No, no you did not say no Elias. He's better Elias than Elias. Uh, worse than Miz. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to add another thing on to what I was going to say to Zach. Zach is taking himself off video, which only says to me he's either jerking off or took his shirt off. Uh, <laughs> and the last thing, uh, a, it's, a, a, it's both, and B, it's also C, my phone's about to die. I had to plug it in. Right on. Oh, gotcha. So okay. My, and my then, phone's uh, right up against my face. And then the uh, the last thing that I would say is I can't believe Zach said there was going to be a gaping hole and didn't make a joke. He said <laughs> gaping hole. In he's a little rusty, boss. You know, man. he's about to say, let him run his rouse first. You know, let him get this. He's been gone for a couple weeks. Let him knock this rust off. <laughs> I I, I also heard that there was some backlash to Bronson Reed being, being brought in with the Miz. Really? Uh, which is, yeah, which is, I mean, it's ridiculous. Backstage uh, Miz backlash? Is, uh, no, no, no. A- external, just, just oh. nerds. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, whatever. But, but, the, um, but the thing about bringing somebody in to work with Miz is that not everybody watched NXT. I mean, if you, and that that's not, that's not a knock on anything. All you have to do is look at ratings. More people watch Raw than watch NXT. So when Bronson Reed shows up and Michael Cole goes nuts and says, that's Bronson Reed, a good chunk of the audience is looking at that and being like, who the fuck is Bronson Reed? So you bring him in, you bring him in with a guy like The Miz. And The Miz kind of has his own. I was good. Uh, that compared him to, uh, I forget who, but. I was thinking more like Cody Rhodes. It's like when Cody Rhodes had his own thing going on at AEW and it seemed completely separate than the rest of the show. Like the Cody right now. Yeah. Miz right now has had Ciampa, Gargano, Loomis, and Bronson Reed all within his orbit uh, within this year. In fact, that's, that's pretty much everybody he's worked with this year. And, um, I don't remember what his WrestleMania match was, but um, oh, uh, Logan I Paul. Think it's, I, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, Logan Paul made look and the, the reason, the reason, Jesus Christ, dude, dumb, come on. The reason that they bring in guys like this to work with the Miz is because people watch Miz segments. They get those. They get those quarterly rating segments. They know which. Uh, they know which. Uh, videos get the most views on YouTube and whatnot. So, I mean, they're bringing in Bronson Reed because they want people to see him. That's the reason why Johnny Gargano hasn't had a real match since he's been here because they're trying to introduce him. him. I mean, and when you think about it, when we want Johnny Gargano to be the new Brian Danielson, who's the first guy they brought Brian Danielson in with? It was the fucking Miz. It was the Miz and Brian Danielson because Danielson was on NXT before the Nexus invasion, and the Miz was his pro. So, They've been doing this since Danielson started, so that's this has been a this is a twelve year track record. Anyway, it doesn't bother me at all. But 
I no, it, like it doesn't Jason. bother me either. I mean, I'm like Jason, though. I mean, I'd rather see him in New Japan because at this point, you know, if we're going to give AEW shit about continuing to introduce guy after guy week after week, I mean, WWE has reintroduced a lot of motherfuckers on Triple H's watch and it hasn't been that long. Jason. No, it's just, they're doing the same thing. They, they have the same yeah. M.O. Yep, yeah, I agree. Um, other WWE notes that came up over the week, uh, Gunther and Ricochet. I'm just going to jump back and forth between SmackDown and Raw, so just bear uh, with me. I should have put that in the intro. I should have put that in the intro. What's you that? Did. I said Gunther and Ricochet. Oh, you Jesus did. Christ. Oh, how about that? Okay, how good. about that indeed? Uh, Gunther retains the... <laughs> Yeah, right. Um, I thought this was one of Ricochet's better matches, arguably his one of his best matches in WWE. Um, the, I love the, the, the dichotomy of styles, the clash of styles, however you want to call it. Um, not really surprised that Ricochet one, I'm sorry, we're not surprised that Ricochet lost the match. I'm just glad that he was strong while losing the match. And then, obviously, Braun Strowman comes out to make the save when Imperium starts to jump. Uh, Ricochet post-match, so it feels like we're quickly at least shifting towards Braun versus Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. Um, all I can ask is, is that Braun goes over. I mean, I'm sorry, that... Uh, Gunther goes over. I apologize. I'm just not even really interested in a Gunther slash Braun match. Zach, what you think? I thought it was one of the best matches of WWE this year, pay-per-view or otherwise. I thought when I was watching it that it just reinforced that smacked down is one of the best wrestling shows of the year hands down and I almost can't believe I'm saying this but Mm -mm. I look forward to watching Smackdown every week Um, there's been a total paradigm shift sorry John Moxley for using your catchphrase in like a way that is positive towards the place that you hated but there's been a paradigm shift in the way that I watch wrestling. And I used to watch only AEW, and then I would, like, branch out and watch New Japan and, like, independent stuff, and I would catch up on WWE stuff. Now, I watch SmackDown every week. I watch the Hulu edition of Raw most weeks. And that's how I enjoy wrestling. And then I watch AEW Dynamite every week, but most weeks I don't even watch Rampage. It's bonkers and this is the reason why it's the bloodline and it's them putting on great matches like this this is not a singular example uh there were some other good matches like on raw but this one really stood out this was fantastic and gunther having two of at least two of the top five best wwe matches of the year is not surprising but it's super cool to see on the main roster no doubt Big game gunther um <laughs> he made Ricochet. He made Ricochet look like a million fucking dollars. Obviously, Ricochet made him look great. Um, we expected this match to be great. 
this match was great. They gave him 22 minutes on Fox television, Fox primetime television, uh, between two guys that the general public probably has no idea who they were. And if you were not a wrestling fan or a lapsed wrestling fan, and you turned on that match, you'd probably be like, who the fuck are these two guys? Uh, I really, I cringed when Michael Cole said quick like a puma about Ricochet. Like, <laughs> really, like, like really cringed. Uh, but there are uh, basically no notes uh, on this match. This match was incredible. And I want to say to the listening audience, Jason and Zach said that I included this in my intro. And I implore you to see where we're at in the podcast right now. I want you to go back and listen to the intro. And I want you to hear that I did not mention this in the intro. I've been sitting here thinking about it. When our Zoom broke up, I had a good 60 seconds to ponder it. And I know I didn't say it. I know exactly what I said. I am not losing my mind. I am 43 years old. I'm of sound mind. And I'm not suicidal. So if I die and they try to say it's suicide... It was the Clintons. <laughs> All right, we got our prime suspects now. Good to know. Thanks. Uh, when you go back and listen to it and you hear yourself say Gunther Maggie and... Slash kill themselves. <laughs> there is no... I, 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 know, I know what I said. Okay. All right. You know what you said. Good deal. Um, just a couple other notes. Uh, the bloodline that had a interesting week this week. We thought we were going to see uh, Sami Zayn, I guess, be inducted for a lack of a better word into the Uso family. And unfortunately for Sammy, that didn't happen. Another masterclass of great acting when it comes to Sami Zayn. You can see the disappointment that he wasn't going to be a made man. He put his foot in his mouth later on when he said that KO was uh, his only friend or he was KO's only friend in WWE. That took a, a nice little swerve. So we're planting the seeds for the inevitable breakup of Sammy from the bloodline and then obviously on Monday night the bloodline runs rampant throughout the entire WWE I'm sorry well entire the WWE but more so specifically in Raw which results in strange bedfellows coming back together KO and Seth in the main event versus the Usos I thought this was a really good tag team match and good use of what was done in the past KO and Seth fighting for the WrestleMania spot. Um, I love the fact that they brought that back up as, as to why they weren't still being partnered together or BFS, however you want to call it. They have a really good chemistry in and out of the ring, and I thought it showed up really well in the main event on Raw. So Raw was really good because it kind of flowed off of SmackDown's continuum. They brought the bloodline in there. Obviously, they had a couple of Jews. Of course, the bloodline is the hottest act in wrestling right now. Certainly the hottest act in WWE. Of course, everybody is going to watch every single segment. Zach, are you pissing? Nope. Hold my breath because I have hiccups. Oh, God. I mean, I'm just looking at the Zoom, and it looks like it, I'm at the POV of the toilet when you take a piss. <laughs> <laughs> you say you hit me in the face. Yeah, I know it's an audio meeting. 
I know it's, I know it's an audio medium, so I'll keep going. Anyway, uh, what I was saying was, God, what was I saying? Oh, it was a really good Raw because the bloodline kind of ran roughshod over Raw until the very end when KO ended up pinning Jimmy Uso in the main event. I just said Jimmy. I don't know which one it was. But a couple other things that I want to bring up before we get to John Cena is that some good things about Raw. First one being about my boy KO. Is KO the only character on WWE television that actually remembers things that happened in the past on WWE? Because when he was backstage with Seth Rollins, he's like, and Seth Rollins is like, why don't we team up together anymore? He's like, because <laughs> you tried to steal my spot at WrestleMania. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. He's also the one. I forgot about that. Where last week, where Elias wants to tee up, team up with him, and he's like, no. He's like, you drove me crazy for months. It was like, that just happened. KO loves doing stuff like that, and it makes me appreciate him more. Agreed. Also, can we give some credence, and uh, can we give some credit to Seth Rollins, who has turned complete babyface by almost doing nothing? But it's so subtle that it is, I don't want to throw the word around genius, but I mean, it's, he's a wrestling genius, right? I mean, he's a pure baby face now, and he is almost the exact same character. Even when he did the laugh, KO was like, oh, but you still got the laugh. It was like <laughs> KO almost, all KO didn't add there was, now that you're a face, you still have the laugh. Anyway, uh, I thought it was a really good week of WWE television, like a tremendous week of WWE television. Zach, or is it Zach's turn? Yeah, you can, you can go. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Uh, we had Becky oh. and Bailey. It was good. Um, what else was good on Raw? There was another match. It was uh, AJ Sammy. Mm-hmm. It was good. Uh, oh, yeah. Overall, just a very solid week of WWE programming. And again, disclosure, I do watch the Hulu edition of Raw, so it cuts out a lot of the bad shit. Including the Miz ladder match, I did not, did not see that. We also had uh, LA Knight just being completely shocked that Bray Wyatt could have somebody walk out in a mask. I mean, just completely shocked. Who would have thought that Bray Wyatt could have gotten somebody else to come out in a mask? Just. Uh, I mean, it's it's something. I mean, you, we've introduced Uncle Howie, so. I guess that that it's no. I guess it's storyline progression. It's just not you know, it's not intriguing to me per se. Uh, I can't speak for you guys, but yeah, I'm. I mean, okay, yeah, great. You know, slowly I guess we're can getting I, to an LA match, LA night Bray Wyatt match. Can I offer a hot take on <laughs> the Bray Wyatt thing? Like that stopped you before? I'm asking permission. By all means. I think that this feud is getting L.A. Knight over more than it's getting Bray Wyatt. Is it? I think that L.A. Knight's going to come out of this thing looking like a main eventer. I disagree totally. I think he's the he's the afterthought to this whole thing. Once once this thing goes away, then what? The only reason I disagree is because nobody has ever looked better after a Bray Wyatt feud. Ever. That too. 
I just don't see a, a, a long-term plan for L.A. Knight. I think this was used to get Bray an opponent right away, and that's really it. I don't think that there's much of a long-term plan for L.A. Knight. But that's just me. I will say would you this. say, would you say, say the say crowd this. is into it? The crowd is into L.A. Knight? I don't think they're I, into... I would say that L.A. Knight would not be doing anything anything better than this. Um, That's fair. Doing this. That's this, fair. This is the best thing he could be doing. Totally fair. I don't think that they're... I think that they're, they're, they're saying his catchphrases and stuff. I will say, uh, Zach reminded me a couple of weeks ago about how I said that LA Knight is trying to do Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock at the same time. Uh, this week, he threw in a little bit of Ric Flair. It was like he was trying to be Stone Cold, uh, The Rock, and Ric Flair all at once while wearing John Lennon glasses. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think it's that bad to be perfect, guys. That's just me. I did, I, I just, I'm a fan. And I, I'm just used to the way he talks. So for me, it's ne- neither here nor there. All right. Uh, so let's let's get to the let's get to the uh, the big news for the normies. What was it, Jason? Oh, I mean, for WWE is I would assume that John Cena is what you're referring to. Uh, the end of SmackDown had. John Cena make his triumphal return. I was not aware that he had a wrestling match streak going back 20 plus years, give or take. He has not made a in-ring appearance for 2022, and that was definitely changed by the end of 2022. It would be Roman Reigns and Sammy Uso versus KO and John Cena on the final SmackDown of the year in two weeks. That should be interesting, to, to say the least. Uh, I would assume it would sow more seeds of dissension between Sammy and the bloodline. I wouldn't be surprised to see KO and John Cena win that match to maybe accelerate that dissension moving forward. Um, I'm not going to sit up here and, and say that I'm totally excited about this match, but as John Cena has stayed away I kind of look forward for him to come back for these one-offs, and I would assume this would be a one-off to uh, to pop the rating and to progress the storyline moving forward between KO and Sammy. Zach, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, Cena is a huge draw, and it, excuse me, I just keep hiccuping. I'm about to lose my fucking mind. But Cena uh, is a huge draw. Huge draw. Um, there's no guarantee that you're going to have The Rock. There's no guarantee that you're going to have Cena either for WrestleMania. Um, you might have Stone Cold. But, I mean, if you're WWE, you want to draw ratings, you can get Cena. You do it. And he's a proven draw. And he has sold a ton of tickets since this match has been announced. So, um, I mean, he's still he's still the guy. Um definite Hall of Famer, like legitimate Hall of Famer, not WWE Hall of Famer because that doesn't matter. Definite but legitimate Hall of, Hall of Famer. Famer. Cena, yeah. Yeah, he's got, he's a 16-time champion. Um, I mean, I'm not question. talking about all that. Uh, just that he can still draw tickets, you know? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, you're saying he sold SmackDown tickets? Yeah. The bump after sold. he was announced on the card, uh, from the uh, when he once he announced, uh, there was like a rush of tickets to yeah. be it's sold even, for that event. Thousands more tickets. 
God damn, I hate him so much. I just, I just, like him doing this whole black preacher thing, saying Santa Claus is coming to town, blah, 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 just so reading off his phone, like he gives a video from against a brick wall, like he's fucking Jake, like Jake Johansson in the 80s at the Comedy Cellar or something, and he's just like, God, I just fucking hate him. Damn. Okay. That, that mean, that's my that's that's my that's my analysis. Like everybody, uh, not you guys, but like everybody's like, oh, it's so glad to have Cena back. Oh, it's such a big deal that Cena's back. And I just see him. And I'm like, man, I didn't miss this guy one iota. Just didn't miss him at all. Didn't miss him at all. I get I, it. You can count on one hand. You can count on one hand the amount of serious promos that he's given in the last. 15 years that you can remember that were like that moved you in any way. And, they, and most of them were work shoots. One of them was a work shoot against Roman Reigns. And Roman Reigns got all tongue tied. But he, he, like his version of a serious promo is just, oh God, uh, I'm just so sick of him. Damn, I, I, I think we touched a nerve here. Jesus, I didn't think you were uh, still bitter about this whole thing. I mean, it's, 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 it's one man's opinion. I mean, I'm not. Bitter. I just like it's like You're okay. Not? I'm watching. I'm watching <laughs> wrestling in 2022. No, no. I'm, I'm watching wrestling in 2022, and I'm watching SmackDown, and it's cooking along, and it's got you know. I'm waiting for this fucking Sami Zayn bloodline segment to come up, and I'm like, ah, something's gonna happen. Like you know, no matter what happens, it'll probably be it'll probably end cool, you know. And it ends with John Cena, and I'm just like, well, that's not what I tuned in for at all. It is what it is. I'm not worried I mean, about it. Like I, mean, I said, guys, my, who would you want like, as the mystery partner? If not John Cena. I feel like that's the biggest thing that they could have done. I agree. No, I'm saying they they planned all week for this bloodline segment. Like I'm not saying at the beginning of Smack or halfway through SmackDown when they said there was going to be a mystery partner or something. I'm saying that I was waiting. I wanted to see. Since last SmackDown, I wanted to see Sammy get made a real Uso or whatever it was going to be. Like, that's what I was tuning in. <laughs> I, think I don't care who it was. No, I think we all were. It's just, you know, they threw us a curveball. It should have been, it could have been Bronson Reed. Okay, let's not get out of hand. I was going to say Bronson Reed is where he's supposed to be next to Miz. And I'm, I'm totally okay with that. Um, I, look, I, but, I, I mean, does, uh, I'm just, let, let me just ask you guys this. Does, does John seen them move your needle? I wouldn't say he's 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 I'm, talking about you, I'm talking about you personally. I wouldn't say he moves my I mean, needle I personally. Never, I did not watch Super Cena. I was not watching wrestling during Cena's peak at all. So since I've been watching, he's just been that big star. For me, it does because I never got inundated with him. I never got him shoved down my throat. That's it. That's that's okay. All you're gonna say? Not nothing. I started, I started watching. I started. I started watching again in 2009, and um, he was the biggest shit when I started watching again in 2009, and he remained the biggest shit until whenever he stopped being the biggest shit. 2018 2019 and uh now when he comes back it's just it's it's not even i guess the thing is when he comes back 
and he does his shit. It's it's not it's like he's not even trying. Not a good way. Not like he makes it look easy. Like he makes it look lazy. Wow. Like really cutting a fucking cutting I mean cutting a a, a Mickey Mouse fucking stupid funny I'm laughing at myself, I'm smirking at myself type of promo about how Kevin Owens loves the peacemaker so much. That shit's not funny. He's not funny. He he's not the rock. He doesn't he like he's not good on Saturday Night Live like the rock is. Mm-mm. He's not a he's not a fucking good actor. Mm-mm. He's a bad actor. He's a bad comedian. He's an okay wrestler. Mm-mm. I don't even know what the guy does really well. Mm-mm. He's I'm, not a good rapper. I'm waiting for something here in like 30 seconds. What? I will disappoint at both of you two right now. More so Zach than anything else. What? I am fighting the hiccups so bad right now. I'm ready to murder <laughs> only myself. <laughs> While Zach's fighting hiccups, he's he's missing the the uh, the cum jokes. Number one, number two, um, you. I don't understand why this is a, such a big deal. It's it's not like John Cena's coming back to you know face for the title. You know we've already checked off that box. John Cena's just coming back. Here's your one off. Here's you know another list of accomplishments for John Cena, and then that's it. That's all it's going to be. I don't understand the vitriol for all this nonsense. I wait for you to put John Cena on the list. Oh, no, no. I mean, fucking, yeah, come find me, Cena. Yep, there That's it fine. is. Come find me. <laughs> Charles, Missouri. Ask around. Everybody knows me. Uh, the, uh, the, reason, the, the, reason, the reason it pisses me off so bad is because I listen to wrestling podcasts, too. And when I listen to wrestling podcasts this week, they're like, well, John Cena's back. Ooh, that's a big deal. John Cena's back. Ooh, and Cena's back. Oh, see, oh, it's so nice to have Cena back. And I'm like, what is wrong with you guys? What what type of, like, take all the Make-A-Wish kids out of the picture, okay? That, oh, my God. I have to just stop myself. Stop, Bill. Don't make the joke. Take all the Make-A-Wish kids out of the picture, right? Who Whose life has this guy made better? What's the easiest way to take him out of the picture? What's that? What? What? What's the easiest way to take those kids out of the picture? What? The Make-A-Wish ones. Oh, Jesus Christ. Are you saying me to make the joke that I'm trying not to say? That's, that's all I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say it. I'm not gonna. I might. I might. I'll. I'll text it to you later. I would feel. I. I no. I'd feel terrible. Um, uh, unbelievable restraint here. I'm, it's really hard. It's a really. It's a terrible joke. It's a terrible joke. I know, and I'm. I'm, I'm just saying that John Cena doesn't. Said it yet. He doesn't make. He doesn't. He doesn't make the adults happy. He doesn't make the the smarts happy. He makes the little kids happy, and that's fine. But I just. He insults me as a wrestling fan. I used to feel insulted all the time by Vince McMahon when he booked wrestling. And for now, just a little bit, just a little, you know, I still feel insulted a lot, but just a little bit at a time, I feel a little less insulted. And then John Cena comes on my TV screen and I'm like, fuck this motherfucker. Wow. Come find me, Cena. Wow. I was about to say, I, Come I, find me. I had to egg that joker so out, he, but like, now it's all. come on your TV? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's all I ask. 
You know, everybody do your fucking job. I'm the loud one. He makes the the sexist sex jokes, and he's the host. Damn it, do your fucking jobs, so, people. Were you? Is this when you were watching NXT when Mandy Rose was on? <laughs> Anybody else have any of your thoughts on John Cena? I was about to say, Mandy Rose is probably making more money than John Cena. Does anybody else have any fucking thoughts? Does anybody else have any fucking thoughts about John Cena? (laughs) He's a bona fide Hall of Famer. Anybody else? (laughs) 16-time world champion. I him, but I can't see him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's great. He's in my favorite triple threat match of all time. It it was a really good triple threat, no question about it. BK, Triple H. One. No, it was Cena, Lesnar, Rollins at Royal Rumble. Oh, yeah, okay. I just the Cena, Triple H, HBK one's really good because uh, they start out and HBK super kicks Triple H right off the bat, and Cena's reactions gold. He's like, well, goddamn, <laughs> that's how we get down tonight. Yes, as a matter of fact, that's how we're getting down Triple, tonight. Triple H, Benoit, HBK one was really good too. Okay, mm-hmm. have we talked enough about uh, main roster? Rear Ripley's looking more and more like China every week. Now oh, Rhea Ripley also we also had an inter intergender match. Right. That was fun between her and Akira Tazawa. I just uh, it was, was just was different. That on your Hulu version? It wasn't unfortunately, but I did see the uh screen cap of her pinning him. Oof. Which was great. Very fucking Christmas indeed, Jesus. God bless those hour. God bless him. He's doing he the Lord's work. <laughs> Somebody should. Lucky bastard. God. This is getting hornier and hornier. Look at that two count. Two beer, what's the two count? I am the human version of the winky face. Emoji right now. Huh? I'm sorry. Did you get <laughs> high? No, I just held my breath so much trying to get rid of these hiccups that now I'm losing some uh, oxygen. But I uh, will move on. I was going to say, if you hear this loud thump, that's just Zach passing out. Don't worry about it, everybody. We'll we'll get to him in a how little are bit. We ever gonna know if you're, how are we ever going to know if you're actually having a stroke? Uh, man. You won't um, at all. There's no all the telltale signs I have every day, Monday through Friday. Oh, um, but uh, <laughs> so basically, uh, we'll just start with AEW because uh, that's just what I know to do. But um, this thing started out like I don't know. I didn't get a chance to talk about it last week, and I won't get into the granular details. But last week was a phenomenal episode. It was. And this week was no different, guys. This was a a very excellent episode of AEW Dynamite. And started out with uh, Ricky Starks coming down to the ring, cutting a promo, and showing everybody that he's not a one-hit wonder, and showing everybody that he can absolutely cut a real-deal main event promo. And then we had uh, you know Jericho come out, and start talking shit. And, uh, you know, they had a little promo battle situation. But uh, overall, I mean, he really came down to be the, the star of this thing. And then 
uh, Jericho Appreciation Society beat them down, only for Action Andretti to make the save. And boy, oh boy, what a great way, what a great segment to open Dynamite. It just reminded everybody of how cool of a moment it was last week when Action Andretti beat Jericho. And he did great. Um, everybody did great. This is just great. It was great wrestling television. I don't know what you guys thought. All right, maybe Zach didn't get high. Maybe he's, uh, maybe he took some Molly. Uh, Jason, what did you think about this segment? Uh, I was curious to see what uh, when I found out that Ricky was going to open the show, how this was going to kind of play itself out. And it started off as the classic babyface promo. You know, MJF cheated to win, but that's okay. You know, I'll be back type shit. I just wasn't sure where this was going. I'm pleasantly surprised that they've at least had him cross paths with Jericho and the Jericho Appreciation Society. Obviously, Jericho comes out to try to recruit Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks declines, and that preceded uh, some more insults to Jericho from Ricky Starks. Ricky uh, has got to get the gap. There's no question about it. Like I said last week, if he can, if he slows down and gets his you know thoughts right, his words right, he's got that part down. He could go in ring. So, I mean, this is all about now giving him the opportunity to, you know, get himself over more. And there's no better person in, on the roster in AEW that can be used that's not named Chris Jericho to get yourself over. Where it goes from here, I'm curious because, like uh, Tubier said, Action Andretti is definitely in the mix, and we'll talk about him here a little bit more uh, in a backstage segment. But, yeah, I'm pleasantly surprised to see uh, a possible Chris Jericho, Ricky Starks match, match for sure. Uh, Jason is 1,000% correct when he says that Ricky Starks is better. What is not a one-hit wonder, but is also better when he slows down. And I would like to see him slow down a little bit more because I think that uh, this promo, you know, people are still getting used to to what a babyface promo from Ricky Starks looks like. And we got the basic idea, but he still does seem not in a, not in a terrible way. He just seems kind of like the lights are hitting him pretty, pretty hard. He seems not, not like he's scared, just like he's in the moment. You know what I mean? And I'd like to see him slow down a little bit more. That's easy for me to say. Uh, I've never stood anywhere with uh, that many people watching me. True story. I thought this was a really, really smart, really, really smart way to start off Dynamite. I mean, you get Ricky Starks right back out there. You solidify that even though he lost the title match, he lost it, uh, you know, he lost it dirty to MJF. You bring Jericho Appreciation Society out there to try to recruit him. They don't. And then you bring Action Andretti out there, like Zach said, to remind everybody right off the bat. Boom. This is what happened last. These were the two big stars from last week's show, and they are back this week. And I thought that that was very smart of Tony Khan. I can only imagine how bummed out Zach was to miss the podcast last week after that Action Andretti match. <laughs> there was because so much. Was, I mean, the Action Andretti match, uh, the ROH pay-per-view. Um, there were oh, so yeah. many things that happened. And and even the NXT, um, you know, I thought that 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 match was going to flop because it was so complicated. It was a fun show. And, uh, that action, that I, action Andretti match with Jericho really was, was real, like unexpected fun. You know what I mean? A mark, that's like, a mark out moment of the year. 
for yeah, the beepers. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. No doubt. Um, so yeah, uh, you guys talked a lot about it last week. Um, I can't say anything more, but um, you know something else that we talked about last week. But it's an ongoing storyline because we have another match. We had match five in the best of seven series this week. It was a no disqualification match uh, between Death Triangle and the Elite. Uh, this was uh, go big or go home for the Elite, and they went big, and this was super fun. Um, I mean, I'm not going to go spot for spot. It would be a waste of time and a waste of energy because really uh, all we need to say is if you haven't watched these, go watch them, uh, any of them, because they're not the same match, which was what I was worried about. How do you come up with a trios match that's different for a best of seven series uh, with these guys? And each one has felt different, and it's been phenomenal in its own way. Uh, the elite come out on top this one so we're definitely getting a, a six of seven so it's three and two I know last week you guys were kind of um, beleaguering the idea that they announced the subsequent match stipulations basically assuming that it would be seven uh, which I, I felt like we kind of I had assumed it was going to be seven all along, all along but we the fact that we had the best ladder match that I've ever seen in my entire life was Young Bucks versus Lucha Brothers and the um, I don't even know how to say it like it was the Los Muertos what what is it De Los Dos Muertos don't worry about it Gringo <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like, don't worry about it it's I'm all doing, good I'm doing Japanese Duolingo because I'm trying to go to Wrestle Kingdom when I'm 40 but um uh, so I, I, but De Los does Los Meritos sounds best, but, uh, that's going to happen if it's number seven. And if that does happen, we'll probably see the best ladder match that I've ever seen, uh, at that point, because the other one was, was the greatest one that I've ever seen. So, um, I don't know. Uh, this is just a continuation elite, elite end up, uh, winning and, um, I just implore everyone to watch these because this is, to quote Bill Beggy, an embarrassment of riches. You have a good thing, and I just want to know whose idea it was to be like, let's do seven of them. Like, it's the same. It's the same voice that like sits on my shoulder, and it's like, I grab a cinnamon roll, and they're like, you need two cinnamon rolls. And I'm like, oh yeah, I need two cinnamon rolls. It's the same voice. And I love it. Isn't that, isn't that voice like Nathan Lane? <laughs> I'll say, you know what, I Nathan? Think you're right. Zach, I think you need two cinnamon rolls. <laughs> <laughs> shit, it is Nathan Lane. Get out of my head, Nathan Lane. No shit. <laughs> um, yeah, li- listen, these matches are great. Uh, I, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to shit on anything here, but uh, let me try. Um, the ring, the ring hammer thing. I mean, Kenny Omega kicking out after taking a ring hammer to the head, just straight to the head by Alex Abrahantes. And I, I can only, you know, you can suspend your disbelief only so much. It's like I know, I know that I'm watching wrestling. It's like they don't have to have the ring hammer in there all the time. 
to tell the story that they're trying to tell. That would be my only note. That would be my only note. Otherwise, I loved it. I think the the ring hammer is a part of the story because it's it's a it's it surrounds Phoenix and Phoenix, you know, having some sort of crisis of conscience. And we talked about that last week, you know, for, you know, the match five, there wasn't a crisis of conscience for this week. You know, he just took the hammer and just went to town. So I think that, you know, that's an ongoing storyline within the story itself. Now, Nick Jackson has got this ankle injury that's that picked up in four. They moved it over to five. So I would assume that six and seven will have this same, uh, ankle injury angle That's going. Matt Jackson. Nick has the ankle. I said Nick. Nick he said Matt. Okay, whatever. Uh, the, from the guy that can't tell these jokers apart. Um, That's a joke. That's the joke is that I'm correcting you. I can't tell them apart. I was say, ain't no way he's going to sit here and try to tell me this one. So between those I don't two, think you guys can tell them apart either. Yeah. Anyway, between those two story, uh, two smaller angles, sub angles, if you will, underneath the big, you know, best of seven. I think they're doing a really good job. You know, every time I think that this is going to kind of lull a little bit, even in this, you know best of seven series it always seems to give a little twist or turn here this week to me the big the twist was that phoenix didn't have that much of a crisis of conscience he he went with the hammer because you know he wanted to get this thing over with to retain the titles him pulling off penta when they were attacking the uh the bucks uh post match and bloody the bucks up i thought that was something to, to take away from i can't remember the last time i saw the bucks have color in the match so i mean the little things are going to add up to match seven in LA in the Bucks backyard with everything on the line in a ladder match. That's what I'm waiting for. And then, you know, from that point, we'll, we'll see what happens from there. But I, I have no problem with what they've done so far. I think this has been, do, been done very well. All right, Zach, what's next? Next is uh, we had Brian Danielson or no, sorry, MJF doing a promo against Brian Danielson. Backstage promo, no need to believe grit. MJF promo against Brian Danielson. Sorry for the wind. I'm out here smoking a cigarette in Portland. Uh, but we are on to an Action Andretti promo, which is worth talking about because I think the kid did good on the first one. Uh, he got a fireball thrown in his face, but he had a fiery promo before he got uh, interrupted by what are the Canadian guys on South Park? The ones with the half a heads. I, I don't watch South Park. I, I have no idea. Terrence and Phillips. Yeah. Terrence and Phillips. That's what that's what two point is to be Terrence and Phillips. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think of them as just Terrence and Phillips. <laughs> that's good. Oh, I would have never came up with that. That's that's pretty good. That's good. Terrence and Phillips. Um, no, I'm all credit to Action and Andrade. I mean, I'm at least intrigued to see where it goes. The fireball into the face only means that this is going to be a little more of an extended feud. I would almost assume that I would see a tag team match of sorts coming up here in a little bit. Um, I, I just want to see where this goes. I mean, I'm, I'm not expecting Action Andretti to continuously go over Jericho. I think the, this first time, the one time is at least enough to get his name out there. And then from that point, whatever happens, happens. No, but, but he can go he can go on a hot streak with those two. He can do singles matches against those two and keep Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, for sure. If he, he beats Minard and uh 
Cool Hand Luke Parker. Yeah, I can see that. And then, you know, you got three in a row and, and you can kind of build him up like that, you know, going under the uh, the lackeys of the uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society. But now I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see where this goes because I want to see this is going. This is another AEW, I guess, talent that can be built up in a way that Tony Khan kind of sees fit. I'm just curious to see where he goes with it. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. I mean, this is the best way to use Terrence and Phillip. Uh, I was a, a fan of the segment. <laughs> and then we had uh, all the ego Ethan page uh, come out to interrupt Danielson. Danielson's doing his promo and uh, saying, you know, bringing up William Regal, which they really shouldn't like William Regal's on WWE. Just leave him alone. They kept him in a, in a high profile segment. He was in a main event segment up until he left. And now they're bringing him back up. Like he's moved on. Like just stop talking about him. Um, it's totally it's not hard. Really? Yeah, I totally disagree. I think that, um, but you know, like I've said before about MJF bringing up WWE, it's like, don't treat us like we're, don't like, you know, like respect us as the audience. Uh, we all know that William Regal went back to WWE, but as far as this storyline is concerned, the storyline is, is that Brian, the story, the AEW storyline is that MJF took out William Regal, sent him to the hospital, and he's got brain bleed or whatever they said. And the story is, is that Brian Danielson loves him so much and can't really tell that story. And, you know, I, it's, listen, if they're still bringing them up in a year, then, or even in a couple months, then that would be one thing. But it, it's still kind of fresh. So it, it, it doesn't bother me bringing them up. Yeah, I, I get it. Um, I can see kind of both sides, but traditionally, right, like the guy leaves the territory and he's anathema, right? But yeah. it's just so fresh, you know? <laughs> so, no, I, I, I can see why Zach says that. It, it kind of took me back a little bit, and it still does, just because of how William Regal left the company and the uh, the, the innuendo around it. But I'm kind of with on Bill on this uh, one, too. I don't want to be. I don't want them to treat me like I'm an idiot either. So you know, I'll also say this is that Regal. One of the conditions of his leaving, reportedly, you know, I, I have my sources within AEW. You know how I say I'm never a journalist. I'm just going to start leaning into it. And say that I'm talking to my sources. That's right. My sources within AEW tell me that uh, one of the preconditions of Regal leaving before his contract was up was that he would not be an on-screen character in WWE. So for in, in that respect, even more so to just keep him, uh, you know, on the lips of characters in AEW until the story runs out. That's what my sources are telling me. Okay. Well, shit. I'm, I ain't, uh, we can't knock your sources. It's not like they've been wrong before in the, in the past. So it, we'll, we'll see what happens. I guess. They're strong sources. I know they are. <laughs> so we had, uh, Page interrupt and essentially say that uh, he would be AW champion if not for Ricky Starks. And um, he interrupts Brian Danielson. So it looks like we're getting an Ethan Page, Brian Danielson um, program because uh, he calls him uh, the veg Mr. Vegetable. And it's not because of his vegan eats. It's because uh, he should be a vegetable because of all the headshots he's taken, which is fucking brutal. Yeah, I was like, uh, okay, sometimes. all right, all right, all right. I'm gonna tell you one time, Paige. I'm gonna, <laughs> this is below the belt. What more like that? We're taking a point. That's almost as bad as the joke I was gonna tell earlier. <laughs> yeah. 
but uh, so we're going to get that next week. Uh, then we move on to a squash match with Hook and Exodus Prime, uh, which I think we needed because, um, you know, people were kind of lamenting the fact that Hook saved last week. But, like, Hook is an absolute badass. And it just reinforces that Hook is a badass. And people are like, oh, this skinny kid, you know, coming down to, like, do the save. And people run from him like Big Bill. Uh, but, like, Hook is a dominant character. And I think mm-hmm. that him continuing to be so is is very cool. When you say people, Zach, oh my. who are you talking about? Um, I mean... I try to stay off wrestling Twitter because it's toxic. But are you talking about me? No, because that's what I said. And that's oh, what I said on the podcast you did, last you week did too. Say that too. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, that's probably you. <laughs> so if you're, <laughs> like, yeah, you're it's probably come you. The king, you best not miss. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, now that I think about it, it is probably you. <laughs> I'm sorry. They just, I, 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 listen, they, they, they present him all wrong. They present him as this badass. They, pre- they should present him as like a type of not Zack Sabre Jr. But, and not even as the underdog, but just kind of like as a, as a Rocky figure, not as a jungle Jack Perry either as like somebody who needs to be reckoned with, but also doesn't look scary. Like he, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, yes, the guy can wrestle. The guy, uh, obviously knows his MMA stuff. He knows how to do all the moves. Right. But when he walks down scowling, he looks like a 17 year old. That's all I'm saying. And for big bill and Lee Moriarty to jump out of the ring when he comes down is silly to me, to this podcast. I'd say it last well, week. On it. Uh, 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 just uh, you know, I read I read about a guy named this Prime being on Rampage, and I was like, Exodus Prime, I gotta get a look at this guy. And then he comes out there, and it's just a black dude. I expected this guy, Exodus Prime. I expected him to be like Brian Cage or some shit. Exodus Prime is your name, Exodus Prime. As the only man of color on this podcast, I'm not sure how I'm taking this latest Exodus Prime uh, comment. So, just a white dude, I would have said just a white dude, but like just some regular looking black wrestler should not have the name Exodus Prime. That sounds like without a tattoo of a wrestling company on his chest. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> Exodus Prime. Man, like, what a name. Man, what, what, what was he yeah, trans- you have the number 13 tattooed, which is a prime number. It's not even, it doesn't even exist. What What if he was what a, a uh, Transformers a fan? Okay, that's the first thing I thought of when I heard his name. I'm like, shit, that sounds like Optimus Prime. Okay, I see you. Well, yeah, I know. Then he should grow the fuck up. Holy Warm up like shit. Voltron, blast you with my shoulder missiles. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so. I don't know why I'm so salty. I mean, damn, sure. dog. <laughs> are, are you gonna put I, Exodus I, Prime I, on I the list? Slim Shady. No, he has the name of the old initials. What'd you say to him? Hopefully, he changes his name. I, I just think the name is dumb. It's not the greatest name. Oh, but name I mean, damn. You know, you, you didn't have to run down a man like that. I mean, what the fuck? Don't give me. Don't give me started on Action Andretti. Wow. <laughs> Big Big Bill did choke slam uh 
Now, now that's a Jack name. Perry. <laughs> Big Bill. <laughs> yeah. I like that one. Like I that bet one. you do. You like <laughs> I bet you do. Motherfucker. <laughs> that's a good Bill's one. Bill's been, he's been furiously Googling Big Bill for years. <laughs> like, Missionary when she calls me Big Bill point of view. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Missionary custom Big Bill POV. <laughs> nice. <coughs> Holy shit. <laughs> you motherfuckers is wrong. So Big Bill understanding. Big- <laughs> 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 oh shit. I need to crack a window. It's getting out in this motherfucker. <laughs> But we got Big Bill chokeslamming uh, Jack Perry into a dumpster. So um, more to come with that. But uh, the next match, we had Moxley versus Darius Martin. And I feel like this was maybe uh, kind of on the heels of actually Andretti, Chris Jericho, where maybe we were supposed to suspect that uh, Darius Martin, who has not got nearly as much screen time as his brother, Dante uh, doing a match uh, against a high-profile top guy. And I think the idea was maybe he would get the win. Uh, They did some, you know, a little bit of near-fall stuff. It was not nearly the same match. Last week was masterful, and I didn't get a chance to talk about it. But uh, that match against actually Andretti, the way that Jericho called it, the way that they um, put it forth, it was just masterful. Uh, but here, uh, Moxley still ended up, you know, taking the win. Uh, Claudia was out there uh, as his extra guy because Dante was out there. But, uh, you know, Mox, not Mox won, you know, with the Death Rider. And not surprising, though. Um, so we had the surprising win last week. We're not going to get a bunch of surprising wins here, uh, which is fine. But, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was that match. I don't know if you guys have anything to say about it, but. No, I, I basically agree with what you said. Unfortunately, uh, Darius is, and that and Moxley, you know, kind of alluded to it in his pre-match promo. You know, he's a little injury prone. Unfortunately, whether it's you know a car accident or something in the ring or whatever the case may be, the fact that we had the huge upset last week in the back of your mind, you're probably thinking, you know, are they going to go two for two in consecutive weeks? Um, and I'll say this, you know, if they keep going down this road where you have, you know, enhancement versus top star, you know, I'll, I'll still be looking at, you know, looking at waiting for the uh, the swerve and the upset or whatever the case may be. That's what I think the action Andrade uh, Jericho match has done. Where now I think we've gotten we've just gotten so lax of just assuming that the top star would win. Now we're back on our toes again, you know, waiting for the swerve to happen with the next upset so in that scenario i don't have a problem with it you know keeping me on my toes and you know looking for the swerve but this match was what it was um the hangman and mox is still the the bigger question mark of anything uh i would kind of assume that they're holding off to that until the new year but weirder things have happened so you know the match was good but to me mox versus hangman is much more intriguing than the, the physical match itself well, and his his promo was phenomenal because he's like, oh, he's like, oh, that wasn't supposed to happen. He's like, what do you think I was out there doing with that clothesline, trying to give you a new hairstyle? Right. Like, Mox is like so real, and 
it was like, yeah, like that was what was supposed to happen. I'm, I'm here to knock your fucking head off, you pussy. You know what I mean? Like that's what he's essentially saying. Essentially, in yeah. a less like aggressively uh, masculine way than I just put forth. <laughs> but, um, I almost was getting a little, a little pissed with Moxley in that promo. I did, you know, just because I thought it was, it came off a little heelish. Especially that part. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think. Well, he also, like, during the match with Darius Martin, the announcers started getting put off by how brutal he was being with Darius Martin, also. They were like, oh my God, this, oh, that might just be a little bit too much. And it's like, ah, yeah, like, I'm so, you know, as great as Moxley is as a baby face. I mean, I've been dying for a heel Moxley for a long fucking time. Like we got a little taste of yeah, one in we WWE. Were, we were ready for it before his his uh, his rehab run and his rehab run and reinforced his baby face. Right. Thing. I mean, he, but he, we were ready for it. Even as far back as WWE, when he was a when he was a heel in WWE, it was just so shitty because yeah. you know, as he said in the Jericho podcast, it was he was just doing whatever. Vince told him to, and Vince had all these terrible ideas. So it really wasn't. We've never seen Moxley be the heel that Moxley wants to be. That Moxley yeah. can be, and man, that's going to be really heart doctor. Right, <laughs> exactly. When he came down with the gas mask on, yeah, 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 brutal. But uh, you know, uh, they're, they're, like we're in store for one, and motherfucker, let's see it. Yeah, I'm with yeah, you. We're, I think we're, I think we're on the cusp. Yeah, slowly but for uh, sure. Then we. Then we had uh, FDR versus the Guns. Guns come out in full heart gear. And um, I had a sneaking suspicion they were going to win based on the gear that they were wearing. Um, and I tell you what, I think that the Guns, I mean, they're they're hateable and they're hated. But I think that because of all that, they're kind of on the rise, like as a heel tag team. Like they were... They were not going to cut it as a babyface tag team under the tutelage of their dad. But where they're at now, where they're like easily hateable, this is good. And they end up sneaking a win, like a sneaky win over the very beat up FTR because we just watched arguably the greatest tag match of the year with the ROH final battle. Arguably the greatest match of the greatest tag team trilogy of all time mm. like we can talk about this at the beefers mm. but it is arguable and uh yeah they snuck a win and uh, that's that i mean just adding to this phenomenal like television episode of wrestling like this has been a very good wrestling television um episode as we've talked about it well, 2022 is, I, I don't even know if you can say low-key. I mean, I think the story of 2022 is that so much fucked up shit happened. Right. But the undercurrent of that is that it's been a spectacular tag team year. Like a really, really good tag team year. And FTR and the Usos uh, are no small part of that. The private party got as over as any team that we've ever seen this year also. When you take the gun... Don't you mean he acclaimed? Sorry. Yeah, did I say private party? Jesus Christ. Maybe oh I my am losing my mind. The same guy now. Same guy that's sitting there that that's saying that he didn't talk about Gunther 
and Ricochet at the open. Okay, so let's just keep this Rewind all in it. mind. Rewind it again. Jason, I can't wait until you rewind it. I want you to text me tonight after you rewind it and see what happens. Um, it's it's not like you haven't been wrong before. It's not like you ain't going to be wrong again. It's okay. I guess what I'm saying is come find me. <laughs> 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 but, what was I saying? Oh, what I'm saying is that the guns have been put in the right position. The guns have been put in the position against the acclaimed, and they've been put in the position against FTR, the two most over-tag teams in the world that aren't the Usos right now. And uh, even though they didn't come on, come come out on top of the acclaimed, they did come out on top in a sneaky way against FTR. I don't know what good it does them because, as Zach said, FTR was super beat up and everything, and it was kind of a bullshit win. But, uh, you know, good for them. I don't like them. I think it, it kind of, you know, at least put them on the map, even though FTR is beat up. It's kind of like sports, you know, on a week-to-week basis, just because football is in the background. You might be missing, you know. A, Nepo, baby. You're putting, a, <laughs> you're putting a, you know, you're missing a guy here, you're missing a guy there, but the show must go on. So in this case, FTR, you know, wanted their receipt and the guns, you know, pulled a little fuckery to make that happen. We were talking about it last week. I think the the main reason that they put this together was to get the guns over. Did that happen? I'll, you know, that's up to the individual to decide. I, w- I thought it helped them, but I didn't think it got them over. And as crazy as that sounded last week, I, the guns winning gets, reinforces that I would not be surprised if Goto and Yoshihashi beat FTR, especially the way that they're starting to tell this storyline of now FTR has had this great run all year long, but now maybe all these matches are starting to add up. You have the, the, now the double dog collar matches leaving uh, FTR a little more exposed. They've lost three in a row. So, I mean, you know, now we're telling a different story we have with FTR, which is, which is good and it's intriguing just because I think, you know, it's – you need to have the bad with the good. They've had an amazing run. Now let's see how they react when adversity starts to hit and you lose one title, possibly lose the IWGP uh, tag team titles at Wrestle Kingdom. So, I mean, as crazy as it sounded last week, it made me more and more think about, you know, maybe I'm not that crazy. Maybe go, uh, Yodo, uh, Yoshiashi and Godo can beat these guys. So, Wrestle Kingdom just got a yeah, little more intriguing. FTR has been talking about maybe not wrestling on TV for a year. Right. Like when, when their shit's up, like maybe just doing, being like independent wrestlers. Uh, so not surprising, but um, yeah, moving on. I know, I know Bill's going to go this evening. We had Rick Ross mediating a Keith Lee Swerve Strickland face to face. I think the big story here is that Rick Ross said motherfucker on live television where he looked at Keith Lee and said, you're a big motherfucker. Uh, but the, <laughs> Otherwise, uh, the story is, uh, you know, we had Parker Boudreaux uh, attacking Keith Lee from behind. And uh, so we have, like, this new faction with Swerve Strickland. There's, like, another dude who's, like, face tattooed, like a baseball player or something. Um, So Swerve Strickland has a new kind of heel faction. And we're going to have probably Keith Lee wrestling those guys on his way to, you know, getting 
Keith or on his way to getting Swerve Strickland maybe in the next pay-per-view or something. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But uh, what do you guys think? Go ahead, Bill. Uh, so there's – okay, I will. Um, I was watching this live, and when Rick Ross came up, there's something that I always hate about celebrities being involved in wrestling angles because wrestling is so insular and it's its own ecosystem. And when you bring somebody from outside, all they're bringing in is whatever they know about wrestling, which is usually very little Hulk Hogan, Andre, the giant, the rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin and how silly it is. Right. And like they have to be super over the top and everything. Um, Rick Ross is no exception. Rick Ross is, terrible in this segment um Keith Lee was fine in this segment Swerve was fine in this segment uh Parker Boudreaux and the the bassist from Slipknot were terrible in this segment um just could not have just could not have been fucking worse um but there was something likeable about it I almost can't explain to you the feelings that I had. And I, I hate celebrity involvement in wrestling, especially when you're talking about somebody like Rick Ross. Like somebody who like is not really in on the joke, always has to look cool, always like can never can never even in case babe take the L. Like I still didn't know what Rick Ross's whole part was in this. Was he part of the Swerve Strickland? Uh, faction or whatever. At the same time, as a fan of live television, this was a complete train wreck. Like, just an absolute train wreck of a segment where the only person that looked better coming out of it was Keith Lee because he was the only one that didn't look like a complete fucking idiot. And I say that with all apologies to Swerve Strickland, but it wasn't his fault, but he looked like an idiot because there were people that didn't know where they were supposed to be. And so the camera just had to hang out on Swerve Strickland for a while. And he was doing his best, not his fault. Like I said, this, how can you give a, how can you give a segment an A plus and an F at the same time? It's not a C. It's just an A plus and an F at the same time. So that's what I have to say about it. That's my analysis. I don't know where this A plus part came in in that segment, but to me, this I agree with the train wreck part of it for sure. I oh, mean, just just complete train, just complete train wreck. No, just that was the A plus part of it. It was just a complete train wreck. Okay. Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, so stupid. It felt like Rick Ross was at a, like a concert. You know, you know, we doing big things up in here tonight. You know, making history. I'm like, dude, we're not at a concert. Just just shut the fuck up. Okay, if you're going to mediate, mediators don't talk. Yeah, they he listen. doesn't understand wrestling. Okay, so he's treating this like a fucking concert. The two uh, reveals were like farcing the wind. You know what I'm saying? I mean, don't get me wrong. Parker Boudreaux, maybe he does have a, a, a bright future in wrestling. Right now, probably wrong place, wrong time. And this other poor cat, I, 
I mean, the, the basis from Slipknot, this motherfucker is now br- brought out. Nobody knows who the fuck this is. So, I mean, now with Tony Khan, you know, you've had so so many really good surprise debuts. This was like, what the fuck was this? Complete opposite of what he's done in the past. So I thought that was a problem with it. Swerve, I didn't have a problem with. Keith Lee is the only one that probably got over in this segment, but he took an ass kicking to get over in the segment. This was just a hot garbage segment. I get it. It's Rick Ross. You're trying to get the casual viewer in. Guess what? They're probably not going to stay long. They're just not. This is wrestling is not for casual fans. Either you're in or you're out. There is no gray area. You might get two or three, but you're not going to get them in the masses that you think you are. And the fact that you had Rick Ross out here and thinking that this segment was even remotely good, that was hot garbage. Keep Rick Ross off my fucking TV. Keep Jeff Jarrett off my TV. Don't let Sanjay Dutt don't let Sanjay Dutt rap ever again in life. I get it. It was supposed to be a parody. That shit was hot garbage. There's certain things I love about a AEW, but these were the two worst segments that I can remember from AEW in a long time. Rick Ross, stay home, boss. Eat you some more applesauce. Hey, is there something else you want to tell Rick Ross? <clears throat> Rick Ross, come find me, bitch. There we go. Uh, <laughs> Zach, any thoughts? Uh, no, just moving on, we had a fantastic main event. And I thought Zach was going to be like, well, you know, it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was not pretty good. It In classic Zach was. fashion. Hey, guys, I think you're taking this a little too far. Uh, I liked it a no. little bit. <laughs> no, I Thank did not God. like this. But, yeah. Uh, I did like the main event, and I loved that it was the main event. And I love that uh, we have Jamie Hayter essentially being elevated to someone that you want to see her matches like she's not just a women's competitor she is now someone that you want to see when she's wrestling and that's why that she was she was made champion and that's why the fans got behind her and her and her Kardashian just had an excellent main event match I mean this is I, I I don't want to be hyperbolic but I think this was one of the best women's matches in like AEW television history, at least. What do you guys think? Yeah, I would. I wouldn't disagree with that. I thought it was. I thought it was really, really good. Um, it ended up schmazzy, so you know, equality for all, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. It, it was the it was the end of a dynamite. So yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was. It was. That's the definition it was the of, end of a dynamite. Like Soraya didn't look like she had ran in a while. Oof. Like you know, running that. I'm I'm just saying it's hard to look natural running down those stairs, running down the ramp. Maybe, the maybe. last time she ran was probably from Albert Rodel Rio. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> you ain't shit. <laughs> professional bullshit. <laughs> there is the Zach I've been missing. Thank you. That's great. Oh, can't, wait to, can't wait to text you guys that joke I had earlier. I really can't. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was, a, I was a big fan of this segment. No, I'm a big fan of the match. I, I think that if you were trying to make Jamie Hayter look like the the powerhouse of the, the division or a, a hard-hitting striker, she is the person that you put across from her 
I've always said that Sheeta was the best AEW champion, and I nothing that it was I saw in this match takes it away from it. The fact that she was a pandemic champion is always going to hurt her, but the, her in-ring performances are always going to stand out. I thought this was done r- really well. The schmaz at the end, it is what it is, but like like you said, it's AEW, it's the end of the show, so it's to be expected. But the big thing is, is Jamie Hayter retained, and she looked good doing it. Literally. Right on. Uh, fellas, uh, uh, Jason, you can take this part out if you need to. I'm going to peace out. Um, it says the Zoom only has five minutes left or ten minutes left anyway. So I'm going to peace out and I'm going to go meet my buddy. And will you, will you stop recording right now so I can tell you the joke? Certainly. All right, so obviously Bill has gone hobnobbing for the early Christmas start of the season, so it leaves your boy in control of the Ferrari. <laughs> we gonna fuck this motherfucker up. Let's get to that three count. All right, so the three count is something that I've been wanting to talk about for the last couple of weeks as it's kind of gained traction uh with this story about Sasha Banks. So obviously Sasha Banks has been gone from WWE for quite some time, basically the back half of 2022 in a a squabble of sorts, whether it's contractual, creative or otherwise. So now it has come out that Sasha Banks has signed a couple of uh, appearances with new Japan pro wrestling. Uh, She should be at Wrestle Kingdom making an appearance, and then I would assume that there would be a match or two, hopefully, somewhere down the line while she is over in Japan. I guess, Tubir, what's your initial thoughts on a possible Sasha Banks uh, trip to Japan? What are you looking for? And are there any dream opponents that you would like to see her wrestle while she's over there? My initial thoughts are. Good night, Sasha Maniac and Jabroni Marks without a life that don't know it, it'll work when you work a work and work yourself into a shoot, Mark. <laughs> That's my initial thought. You ain't shit. But, um, no, uh, I mean, this is uh, this is pretty cool. Um, you know, she, she is a star. And, of course, I think the big angle will be for um, Kyrie Hojo. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a variety of women that I would love to see her face because she is a legit star. And besides being a legit star, like she can actually work. And so, I mean, Julia, I think would be yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, that was um, the first person I thought of. I think that she would work really well with Julia because as far as like coming off like a star, you know, uh, I think that, that is, you know, there's other there's other women that are just equally great and maybe even better, you know, like Shuri, um, mm-hmm. Utami, like those women are phenomenal. But as far as like meshing well, and like, I think that, I think Julie is more on that, more on that caliber of like being able to like come across like really well in Kairi Hojo, obviously. Um, so um, there's a lot of potential there. So I'm just, let's just say like, I'm excited because, this is just something different, and I love the idea that New Japan is leaning more into women's wrestling because traditionally they've been very separate historically, and of course now um, TVSI owns both Stardom and New Japan, so we're going to start to see maybe a little bit more crossover, 
but um, this is cool. And uh, I hope that she's not, I hope that she is the first of many, um, you know, like maybe she's the Chris Jericho of stardom where she, <laughs> she's like the lightning rod for stardom subscribers because sure as shit. I mean, I had watched New Japan before, but I was not like a subscriber, right? Like uh, I would watch with some friends and we would all get off work and I worked at a bar and they'd be like, Hey, come over and like watch wrestling. And we would watch live new Japan, uh, like tournaments and stuff. Uh, but I, I would not subscribe. And then like, I would watch daily motion or like YouTube or like, right. whatever and like find it. But like Chris Jericho, like I told Rocky Romero whenever I met him at uh, grand all wrestling, I was like, dude, I was like, I've been subscribing to Japan. Like since Chris fought Kenny. Right. Mm-hmm. And I haven't canceled. All throughout the pandemic, they've got my 999 yen the whole time. Right. I desperately hope for TV Asahi and for just for just Joshi wrestling sake because Stardom is the number two promotion in Japan and it's one of the best promotions of wrestling there is. Like, I just hope this lights a fire under some American asses to go like venture out and just see some other shit because Stardom rules. You know, no, no, no question about it. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. They were saying that part of the reason, well, I shouldn't say they, uh, I was reading that part of the reason that uh, Triple H and Sasha Banks couldn't come to an agreement was about money. Sasha wanted way more apparently than Triple H slash WWE wanted to pay. And I was thinking about it. And I'm like, okay, well, I kind of get that. You know, you don't. If you don't think that she's going to, she being Sasha Banks is going to perform up to this contract, you don't want her, you know, pulling up to the pay window with a mask and gun in the hand and uh, stealing money. But on the flip side of it, I was like, well, let's look at Ronda Rousey for a second. Ronda Rousey has been a disappointment to say the least, at least for me in her second run with WWE. She feels like she's going through the motions. She feels like she's just there to be there versus her wanting to be there. She's collecting her check and she's doing what she has to do. But I, there's nothing that she's done the second time around to make me want to invest in her more. I'm almost willing to say that they paid the wrong person and they paid Ronda Rousey instead of paying Sasha Banks. I'll let you decide on who's right or who's wrong there. I will piggyback on what Two Beer said about just looking ahead towards the future with Sasha Banks and New Japan slash stardom. Um, I'm not expecting her to stay there. I, I, I see more of a Cody Rhodes kind of tour where she goes here, she goes there, and she knocks off her dream matches on her a list of uh, matches that she wants to have. In that scenario, I think that's amazing. I think that, you could, like you said, you can get, you know, wrestling and i'm not even talking about casual fans i'm talking about wrestling fans that don't watch new japan or don't watch stardom if you could get them over and then you know keep them intrigued you might have just made a new fan with that and sasha is going to be the catalyst to it it's going to be interesting to see how sasha the hardcore sasha banks wwe fans if they do watch new japan for the first time or if they do watch stardom for the first time i'll be curious to see how they react to it because those two promotions aren't like wwe in multiple different ways you know in ring out of the ring you know promotions the whole shebang so it'll be interesting to see their reaction to that but i'm with you on this one too beer i'm i'm excited 
just to see her on Wrestle Kingdom on the 4th. And then I'm excited to see what the first match is. Like I said, I agree with you. I think Kyrie is probably the safest bet. Um, it doesn't even have to be for the title, honestly. You know, you can just throw those two in the ring and just and let them do their thing. I think Kyrie has uh, has been presented way more formidable in New Japan slash Stardom than she ever was in WWE. But that's just like I said, they they just do different. They do business differently. At the end of the day, like I said, I think this is a scenario where Sasha probably is going to end up going back to WWE. It's just not going to be anytime soon. I want her to go out, you know, experience different wrestling promotions. And then if, if her and Triple H can come back at a later point, and I think they will, um, I think that that's when you see her come back to WWE. But she'll be the one of the early stories of 2023, how she goes over to Japan, how fans react to her, how she reacts to fans and the, uh, the whole culture of Japanese wrestling, Joshi wrestling. Yeah. I think the, the analogy to Cody Rhodes is very apropos because I think she will be the female Cody Rhodes where she goes out there and then proves to them that she's worth the X million dollar, you know, that she thinks that she is like Cody left. He's like, I'm worth more than this, and I should be doing better than this. And they're like, we don't think you are. And he's like, that's fine. I'm going to go prove to you that I that I am. And I think she can do it too. And, um, yeah, it's, it, it is exciting. Uh, so um, super stoked about the whole thing. Um, it's going to be very cool. Yeah, um, just for those who are interested, just some – Big dates coming up when it comes to Sasha Banks. Uh, probably not going to be at the the Stardom End Show at uh, Ryu Goku on the 29th, but circle that date um, just in case. I doubt if she'll be there, but it'll be it would be nice that if she did show up and just put her face out there. But like I said, the big date is January 4th, Wrestle Kingdom. For all intents and purposes, I think she's. I think she's like. I think she can't do anything past the first or, right? or before the first. Yeah, that was the other thing I wanted to talk about. Which, no, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say the other thing that a lot of people are, are expecting her to be Soraya's right. tag team partner. Right. And I don't see that because previously, historically, AEW has leaned into that very hard. Like before CM Punk was announced, it was pretty much a given that he was happening. Like Kenny Omega wore a cookie monster t-shirt right. and he wore like another thing. It was like, it was always CM, right? There was always like, if you paid attention, there was, there was hints that this was definitely happening. Right. Uh, there has been zero hints towards any kind of Sasha Banks, anything. So not saying that it is not a hundred percent happening, but uh, this is something that you would lean into um, for sure. So I don't see Sasha and AEW, um, in the foreseeable future because they haven't announced it in even any clean, kind of clandestine way. Yeah. Um, I guess my only problem with that is if it's not Sasha, it's going to be a disappointment and I wouldn't want to see anyone be put in that Ray Mysterio spot where the, where he was the number 30 entrant in the Royal rumble and fans were looking for Daniel Bryan. I believe this was in Philadelphia and Ray came out, and he just caught the wrath of the crowd because they were, everybody was looking for uh, Daniel Bryan, and he and obviously he didn't come out, and just Ray just took it. You know, he just he got 
wrong place, wrong time. I don't want it to be a scenario where Tony Storm is the first person I thought of, well, the first person that's popped in my head. Uh, obviously, she came out on the end of Dynamite last night and helped make the save from Brit, uh, Rebel, and uh, Jamie Hayter. Storyline-wise, story it makes sense if you injected uh, Tony Storm in there, but why, why is that a mystery partner? I mean, we know who Tony Storm is. I mean, that's, that's not necessarily someone that is a surprise. You know what I'm saying? For me, when they said mystery partner, I was going under the assumption that this is someone that is currently not on the roster. If they were on the roster, then why wouldn't you just announce it? You know what I'm saying? So uh, I'm leaving the door open for Sasha. Um, It should be enough time for her to do her uh, Japan commitments and then come back and be ready to wrestle on that Dynamite. That's what, the second Dynamite of the year for 2023? Um, Or is that the same Dynamite with the ladder match? It could be. I don't know which one it is. If it's the same way as the ladder match, then that's the f- the first Dynamite of 2023, which would make total sense. It's in L.A. Sasha Banks is, you know, formerly known as the boss. You know, there's big lights, big stage. No better place to, yeah, to mean, have Sasha Banks. It makes sense. And I understand, I understand why people would think that, but they haven't hinted towards it. So the fact that people would be mega disappointed, like it's almost on the people. Like, I understand, like, setting something up, but they haven't hinted towards it either. It is a mystery, but they haven't. Every other mystery has been pretty apparent, and this one is is kind of wide open. It'd be funny if they did Mandy Rose just for, you know, a one-time appearance. I was about to say, I don't think, unfortunately, and we kind of talked about this last week, um, I would assume her non-compete is and substantial non-compete three, six months, something along those lines, as much as I would love to see Manny Rose be the, uh, the mystery partner to, to stick it to WWE. I just, I think that the non-compete cause is the biggest issue. And apparently since she's gotten fired, her site has blown up. She's making, you know, 500 K. So, I mean, unless she really, really loves wrestling I don't see her rushing back anytime soon. She's she's doing okay in a non-wrestling role. So maybe this is a scenario where, you know, she just plays yeah. this thing out and she comes back when she's would ready. Rather, would you rather take bumps or just take pictures? Right. And you're getting paid significantly more for taking pictures. So I'm not mad. Yeah. At, I'm not mad at Manny Rose. Hell, I mean, to me, it's, it just makes sense. You know, this is. Like I said last week, if WWE was getting a part of this money, I don't think this this would even be an issue. But since they're not, that's why I think it's a big issue. You know, morality causes aside. I get that. I get that. Okay, Chelsea Green apparently has shut down her OnlyFans, leading to more speculation that she's on the way to WWE. You probably wouldn't do that unless you had there was a reason to do it. So maybe those dots connect there. We'll see what happens. I'll just say this. And we we can move on, uh, not unless you have any other final thoughts on Sasha. I think it was a mistake to let her go. Um, Hopefully she does come back and WWE and and Sasha can put pen to paper and come up to some sort of deal. If you don't think it's a mistake for letting Sasha Banks go, I'll just say this. 
on SmackDown, Ronda Rousey obviously is the champion. There's not a credible person on that SmackDown roster that you can put up, and I'm including Raquel Rodriguez in this as well. There's not a credible person on that roster that you can put up against Ronda Rousey and say this person can beat Ronda Rousey. Liv Morgan, God bless you. I get it. Fans love her. She she shouldn't be beating Ronda Rousey. Okay? Raquel Rodriguez, God bless her. Big as hell, strong as fuck. Way too green, not her time. Anybody else that you could come up with, Lacey Evans, God bless her, repackaged multiple times. Zia Lee, get the fuck out of here. This is where Sasha Banks is missed. Unless you're going to, you know, do a draft and rejumble the rosters, or, or I'm sorry, or if you're going to do Charlotte versus Ronda, we can do that too. But you can't sit here and tell me that Sasha Banks is not missed. If you don't like Sasha Banks as a wrestler, as a person, fine. That's your opinion. More power to you. But the fact that you're that anybody is saying that Sasha Banks is missed and you don't want her back in the WWE, I got to call bullshit on that. Yeah, I actually forgot that Ronda was champion on that brand because that's how shit. Okay, kind of my point. I mean, I get, you know, she's the name, but she's not doing enough to justify the fact that she is the name. And and she has. No, I was very I was very pro Ronda last run. This run has been very lackluster. to, To say the least, I'm waiting for something, anything. Like I said, I think. A Ronda Sasha feud. They did it. I guess it was two two years ago, leading up to Royal Rumble in uh, Arizona, with the one where Becky and Seth won. Ronda and Sasha had a match there for the, I believe it was the Raw title at the time. Uh, I thought that was a really good match, and I thought that was something that they could have came back to at a later point to to revisit especially in a scenario where it was leading towards a WrestleMania match. I wouldn't have mind seeing them go at it a second time, but like I said, neither here nor there. Hopefully Sasha goes out and kills it over in Japan, comes back over here, kills it on the independent scenes. If that's the way she goes, wants to go. But ultimately I think I got the sneaky suspicion. This is going to end up the route of Cody Rhodes. She's going to go out, kill it. And then her and WWE will ultimately come back and kiss and make up. Everybody goes back to the WWE. I mean, people you didn't think that would go back to the WWE ultimately do. I wouldn't be surprised, and I said it last week, if CM Punk and Triple H could put the penny on the shelf, I think they could make some money, and I wouldn't be surprised that CM Punk would go back to the WWE. I ain't saying anytime soon. I think a lot of this is, you know, contractual and otherwise, but... (laughs) Everybody loves the WWE, kind of like the Acclaim. I don't know why. Maybe it's them checks. You know, get your paper, fellas. I ain't mad at you, but we'll see what happens. And on that's that, what but, it is. yeah, that's it's totally what it is. You know, you can get paid. WWE can pay you. And in that scenario, I ain't mad at nobody. You know, shit. I got two jobs trying to chase the bag. We all we all grew up wanting to be Intercontinental Champion, dude. Every day, <laughs> I was about to say some of my favorite wrestlers were Intercontinental Champion before they that were was actually. My belt, man. Yeah, I was getting ready to say the the whites when uh, Cody Rhodes brought that back. I thought that was the shit, but yeah, I, I love the fact that Gunther is bringing, at least making the Intercontinental Championship feel important again. Whether or not he loses it to whomever, 
Actually, let's talk about that. Great segue, Jason. Let's get to that. Uh, well, that is our the, the recount. Welcome. To oh no, too many oh, buttons all at the same time. Um, <laughs> just some quick uh, odds and ends. Gunther, who beats Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship? If you had the pencil, who would you have Gunther drop the title to? Roman Reigns. No, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I know if um, it's a good question. I hadn't thought about it because I had only thought about what Gunther's next move is. But um, if it were someone in WWE, hmm, I I feel like it would be. I don't know. It would be somebody that you would like want like up and coming and like the first name which is like weird weird to me and I don't think it would be this because he needs more work but like somebody like Dominic Mysterio um wow you know like just somebody who's kind of on the rise um you know you made the title and he's like a big it's like a big deal and you would want or or maybe like somebody like uh say like Butch you know you okay. know what I mean like yeah. uh, Something like that, where you know you, you you initiated it as this like establishment, the work rate title. Um, it's a stepping stone to um, you know the next the next level, right? Um, or even honestly, like if you change brands or something, like an Austin Theory, you know, somebody in that realm. I haven't really thought about it like too much, but it would be somebody like that to where you you're, you're establishing it and it's it, you're essentially elevating the person through the title and a win over Gunther is huge. For sure. And I, I, I would have never thought of Dominic Mysterio that I, and honestly, I think that's, it would be very interesting to see Dominic as the chicken shit heel that he is run kind of rampant and, you know, hold, hold the title for a couple months. I think that would be fun. Um, something we didn't talk about on WWE was the heel turn of Alexa bliss on, uh, Bianca Belair backstage. I didn't understand if you don't trust somebody, how you gonna sit next to him and put yourself in a position to get that work. But sorry, Bianca, you know maybe next time you won't sit so close. Obviously, uh, Alexa Bliss hits Bianca Belair with a vase uh, from behind to set up their title match. I believe it's the second of January on Monday Night Raw. I guess it, let's make it a two question. Uh, scenario here question one uh were you surprised to hear about the alexa bliss turn and two are you surprised that this match isn't happening at the rumble uh no i was not surprised about the turn um i don't know about the the rumble match but ever since bray white's been back it just seems like it's just a matter of time kind of situation whether that's I mean, maybe it's good for Alexa's pocketbook. She can sell more dolls and make more money. I don't know if it's good for her. Like, I feel like she was always better as like the goddess or whatever. Like, she, I feel like she's always been better outside of Bray Wyatt's shadow. And it goes back to my, you know, mention that nobody's ever looked better after a view with Bray Wyatt. Right. Um, that's that's the biggest problem with Bray Wyatt. Like, he's super creative. He's very good at what he does. He's charismatic. He's good in the ring, but nobody's ever elevated by being in a feud with him. 
he's the only one that ever gets over. And that, that's a problem. No, I agree. I was, that's what I was saying about I'm not worried for L.A. Knight, but after this, you know, what's next? You know, I just don't see them having any real plans for L.A. Knight, and I think that's kind of a shame. I think he would be someone that would, should be in that U.S. slash intercontinental championship chase in some form or fashion, but it, we'll see what happens or there. Or throw him, throw him in with somebody like in like a a tag team because they don't really have t- real tag teams. Like throw them with somebody that's good and like a fun tag team. But that's another problem is right. they don't have a viable tag team because the Usos just dominate everything. Even though they've lost eleven tag matches since they've been champions, um, they're still champions. Right. Um, Cody Rhodes. Obviously, we're creeping back up to the. Royal Rumble, uh, a date that we kind of circled for a return, a possible return for Cody Rhodes to WWE. Does Cody Rhodes come back to WWE at the Royal Rumble? For me, he's still the most likely candidate. Uh, Best for business is um, The Rock, but um, that's if he's free and is able to do it, but he is still the most likely candidate for me. Like, uh, if we're taking bets, I'm going to bet on Cody Rhodes being number 30 in the Royal Rumble. Like, I've bet on that since the injury. So, yeah, I'll keep it. No, I, I agree with that, too. Kind of on the same vein, um, there has been discussions of Roman Reigns having two title matches at WrestleMania on night one and obviously on night two to possibly take one of the titles off of Roman Reigns and have your dual champions that some have been clamoring for, myself included. You got the pencil. So, like, if, uh, essentially, if, if, (coughs) I imagine it's the Royal Rumble winner and the Elimination Chamber winner. So, if Cody's not ready for the Rumble because of his injury, you keep him off, you put him in the Elimination Chamber and he wins that. Um, Okay, so then... Cody. If it's two nights, I think it should be. Who do yeah, you yeah you 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 book it? Who do you have for your two nights at WrestleMania facing Roman Reigns on night one and night two? Night one, um, or either or night one, night two. It's Rock and Cody Rhodes. So I'm assuming that he. Well, okay, what what happens? Does he win both? Does he lose both? Is it a split? I think he loses one and he I think uh, so I think maybe he loses to Cody wins against Rock now if under that scenario I would do it night one with the Rock have him go over to Rock but then night two have him lose to Cody and so that way you have Wrestlemania end on you know the happy note that they they seemingly like to do. It's been very few occasions that the heel has gone over in the main event. If, if rock is in play, which I'm still not sure if he is or not, but if he is in play, I guess that I wouldn't necessarily have too much of a problem with as long as he lost, you know, I love rock. You know, that's, he's my Mount Rushmore guy, you know, Jericho's nipping at his heels, but he's still on there. I, I have no, no inclination to see Rock as champion again. I think 
you know, him him doing what he's doing right now with movies in the XFL and whatever else he wants to do, that's just great. I don't want to see Rock become champion for any extended period of time. You know, what he, the last run no, was fair enough. But I, I think I think him winning Royal Rumble would be very cool for uh, the business. So I you think th- it would get a lot of exposure. So you think it, you think he would uh, in this scenario you would book him to win the Royal Rumble? You would book Cody to win the Elimination Chamber and then do two matches at separate nights. Book night one Rock Ro- Roman, night two Roman versus Cody. Yep, in a perfect world. Wow, I I I honestly I never thought about Rock winning the Rumble. I thought you know in this scenario Rock is a big enough star in WWE world where. He can pop up and a la John Cena, you know, just demand a title match. I wouldn't be opposed. Just imagine, to... just imagine like the the media thing, like, oh, Rock wins the Royal Rumble, right. or, you know, you know, that's that's the whole thing. It's like, bro, it's all about generating buzz. And right. WWE's hot right now, and that would be, I mean, that'd be awesome. It'd be cool. Like, I feel like if that happened, people would be talking to me about wrestling. You know what I mean? They'd right. be like, oh, Zach's the wrestling guy. They'd be like, hey, like. You see Rock win the Royal Rumble? I'm like, yeah, I saw it fucking live. Fucking, I sat there for two hours before it even live streamed. Right, like, stared at the WWE logo like, oh, this is gonna be good. This is gonna be good. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Did you see? Did you see that happen? Right. Like, what are you fucking stupid? No shit. Last question: Who takes the titles off of the Usos? Man, um, I feel like. Anymore, um, as much as I would love for Sami Zayn to take one of those titles off of Roman, or at least be, I feel like having a singles match with Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns would be the ultimate, right? The absolute ultimate, as far as you know, you talk about Action Andretti versus Jericho or anything like that. Like Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns, that is the ultimate underdog story. Um, but I feel like because of the heat being majority, like the majority of the heat historically has been with the Usos. I think, I think it will be Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens because they're such huge stars and they're so good. And having those guys together, take those titles off of them. Then you don't have to worry about them being in singles matches or anything like that. And they can have that run. And I think it'd be very cool for them as just people. And I think it would be good for business also. So for me, it's, it's Sammy and Kevin. Yeah. That was going to say the more and more SmackDown and raw occurred well, more so SmackDown than anything else. When I, like I said, when he said that he was KO's only friend here, that's what I was like, Oh, you know, this, that, that ain't good. That ain't good. You should have said that out loud. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you on this one. I would be surprised if it was anyone, but, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Street Profits have kind of been there, done that. Um, I'm almost kind of waiting to see if they break them up. I kind of hope they don't, but it wouldn't surprise me if he if they do. Montez Ford is just looking just jacked every time I see him. It to me, it just feels like it's a matter of time before his wife wife teaches him how to look look good yeah i was about to say she got more muscles than him no i'm totally joking i'm totally joking now, credit to montez no, ford does. i think uh, <laughs> i think montez ford is going to be one to watch in 2023 this is banned from ringside um i think that's it i can't think of anything else to beer um any final thoughts a go home thought for everybody 
I don't think so. Uh, I can't believe we're at Wrestle Kingdom season. Um, mm. I feel like uh, we are slow roll this because New Japan. I know, I know you love it, and I do too. But it is, uh, it's like the third hottest promotion right now. So like, we just don't talk about it a lot. No, I so, no, um, I would be lying if I said that. Uh, in the in our world, as much as I do love New Japan, right now it's probably number three in it in its popularity, and that's okay. I don't. That that doesn't bother me per se. I will say this though. Um, I'll be curious to see with New Japan getting Sasha, getting cheering crowds back, getting some momentum back. I'll be curious to see what how they present themselves, them and Stardom in twenty twenty three. But yeah, um, I would be lying if I said I enjoyed World Tag League. Maybe that was you in my ear talking of you know you know this ain't shit. You know this ain't shit, right? You know, Two Beer, not a huge no, fan it, of World Tag League. And it, I knew that it, 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 it was. It could be hit or miss. And I thought, for the most part, I thought it was a hit. There were a few misses on it. But I think World Tag League, Super Junior World Tag League, it, it is a grind. It was, it felt like it was every fucking day, G1 style. And like I said before, New Japan isn't the, the best when it comes to tag teams and building tag teams up having you know great tag team matches so in that scenario i i totally understand man like i said for me it, it was hard to grind it all the way through to the end but then you have these two dates uh the 21st and the 22nd road to tokyo dome and then before you know it we're going to be talking about okada versus switchboy in the main event for wrestle kingdom so yeah i'm, I'm excited for it I, I still have to remind me thanks thank you for reminding me i have to take off that morning there's no way i'm watching wrestle kingdom and then going to work that same morning you're off your goddamn rocker ain't no way shit i'm gonna go back to sleep um for yeah, me it's a slug it's a slug yeah it, well i mean you know you got the the rumble or whatever beforehand and that's i'm just glad that there's one night because the two nights was oh man just staying up like and I, it was fine when um, out here. It's like different right. time changes. Like right. it's earlier, uh, it wasn't as bad. But like back in the Midwest, like staying up two nights in a row. Oh uh, yeah, man, it's, it was just it was torture. Yeah, I was going to say. I think that's part of the reason why I got sick around my birthday because everything that I wanted to watch was over in Japan. So it was early mornings here, and then you know I'd have to go lay down, take a little nap, and then you know I'm working two jobs and all that other shit. So yeah, I, I could totally understand that. I, I, personally, like I said, I like two. I liked two nights at Wrestle Kingdom, but I don't have a problem with them going back to one. I think WrestleMania needs to have two nights i just think for the wwe their roster is so big and there's so much ground to cover you need that second night to you know kind of make sure that storylines are flushed out right angles are done right the the whole nine yards one night at wrestle kingdom you know if it's a five-hour show so be it i mean i'm you know i know what i'm walking into with wrestle kingdom or new japan in general it's just you're going to be there for a little bit same way with AEW. so i can kind of understand that you know you know, selfishly, you know, I would love two nights of Wrestle Kingdom, but if it ain't, I don't want them to force it either. When they did it the first couple of times, it made sense. Okay. You had double champions, you know, you were combining the IC and the, uh, the heavyweight tiles totally makes sense. And I get it now. I don't think you need it at this point, you know, four or five hour shows should be more than enough for me to, uh, get my rocks off and go back to sleep literally and figuratively. Yeah, I could probably come like seven times in that. <sighs> that Omega four or five fucking, hours. So. That Omega Osprey match is going to be. 
going to be match of the year candidate for 2023. Yeah, I was going to say four days in. I'm going to have New Japan for that shit. They put Wrestle Kingdom right there and be like, you know what? <laughs> Don't forget about us and you know, when it comes to beef or time. So, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that a lot. And uh, 2023 should be really, really interesting uh, in the world of wrestling, New Japan and otherwise. This is banned from ringside. Okay, on that lovely note, um, I think it's time to part to the Ferrari. It's time to bid you Jokers adieu. Just one quick thought. Uh, my go-home thought is just about the the Christmas season. And just be kind to others, man. Okay, this is a time where you don't know what the next person is going through. You don't know how the next person might struggle. Okay, I just kind of found out that a, a friend of mine was going through a little bit of a depression. And it kind of surprised me because I always thought that this person was very upbeat, very chipper. And to hear the the word depression come out of his mouth was a little bit of a shocker. So please, in the, the spirit of Christmas, in the spirit of humanity, check on your peeps. Okay. Like I said, you don't know what's going on. Some people are like me and hide everything in be like, you know, I'm okay. And other people just, you know, dump their shit out. Like it's the breakfast club. And here's my purse. Take a look at it. Either way, check on your peeps, make sure they're good. Make sure they get through the Christmas season and let's all get to 2023 and watch some amazing fucking wrestling. Rabbit fever. Well, everybody. I know there's plenty of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you listening to ours. For Patriot Pat, for Bo, for um, shit, I'm not going to say sideways in time, but I will say for Gucci Chris, uh, for Joey O'Farrell, for my cats. They are getting awfully quiet, so I'm going to have to go find them. For Two Beers, Zach Pullman. For Bill Vagie, I'm your impromptu guest special host, JCB, Jason Cornelius Bell. And everybody, don't forget, Black Lives Matter. Support your local drug dealers. And everybody, boo the heels. Merry Christmas, bitches! It's all one word.